Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The story is told about an engineer. He was working in an automobile assembly plant. The company had to make some changes to its production lines every year because of the new models coming out. Occasionally, though, entirely new products would be introduced, and this would require a much more extensive overhaul of the facility. This engineer's crew was installing and testing out about six miles of overhead conveyor that would move car bodies through the plant from one location and workstation to another. As is often the case in such large projects, the work was taking more time than was initially planned, and they were behind schedule. In order to save time, then, the project crews would often have crews removing old equipment in the same time that others were installing new equipment. Sometimes these crews would be working pretty close together. Now, part of that particular engineer's job was to supervise a group of workers and to make certain that the equipment actually operated in the way it was supposed to. One day, as he walked around the area of one of the workstations, he was just minding his own business when someone grabbed him roughly and pulled him hard. It was very unnerving for the man. And he was about to shake himself loose and issue a sharp and angry objection. A few seconds later, however, he was very, very thankful to his unknown assailant. You see, while he was busy looking at the workstation, he was not paying real close attention, and he certainly was not looking up. He didn't know it, but about 20 feet over his head, a crew was working on a very big piece of equipment, dismantling it with cutting torches. A couple of the members of this team were walking around down on the plant floor as safety observers. These safety observers were sometimes known as spotters. They were watching for people just like that preoccupied engineer. For about two seconds after the spotter had grabbed him, a 40-foot-long I-beam, about 12 inches across the cord, dropped down from the ceiling to the floor. If that spotter had not grabbed him, that I-beam most certainly would have killed that man instantly. The man experienced about a dozen emotions all at the same time. He was a little dazed and shocked, as you might imagine. He was certainly grateful to be alive. He was thankful for the quick actions of the spotter. He was frightened and shuddered at the thought of what the I-beam might have done to him. And he was also quite embarrassed. He felt stupid that he had not been much more aware of his surroundings. It was a construction zone, after all. He wasn't wearing a hard hat for nothing. He should have been more careful, and he knew that he must pay closer attention to very important things in the future, especially to the presence of the safety spotters. Did you know that the Bible also has spotters in it? Some of these spotters were called prophets. Others were called apostles. Both prophets and apostles acted as spiritual spotters, those who warned people when they were about to get into spiritual danger. Today's Old Testament reading comes from one of the writings of one of those spiritual spotters, a prophet named Amos. God chose Amos to warn Israel and other countries 
Judging by his words in today's reading, he really didn't want to be a prophet. He didn't really want to be the one who told Israel what kind of danger they were in. But God chose him, and there wasn't anything he could do about that. In today's gospel lesson, we hear the story of another spotter, one sent to warn Herod of spiritual danger. John the Baptist is sometimes known as the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. When Jesus talked about John, he said, Among those born of women, none is greater than John. John was the spiritual spotter that God sent to Herod. Herod had stolen the wife of his half-brother, Philip. That and many other sins had placed his soul in danger. John the Baptist warned Herod of this danger. Our readings today tell us that there is a very obvious difference between the spotter who saved that engineer's life in the auto factory and spiritual spotters. For one thing, people are very, very grateful to those who save their physical lives, as the engineer was to that spotter who yanked him from danger walking under that I-beam in the factory. Spiritual spotters, on the other hand, often get no respect. Their reward for warning someone of spiritual danger to their soul instead of physical danger to their body may sometimes be verbal or even physical abuse, and in some cases, even death. The Israelites in the Old Testament wanted to send Amos into exile. God had told Amos to proclaim the many consequences of staying in their current situation of spiritual danger. Instead of listening to the warnings that God gave through Amos, and moving to the safety of God's salvation, however, they decided that Amos had to go. They suggested that he go to Judah and to prophesy there. Our Gospel tells us that Herod, though he respected and he feared John's preaching, was maneuvered into having John beheaded. John had warned Herod and Herodias, his illicit wife, whom he had taken away from his half-brother, of the dangers of their adultery. Marriage is not only the union of man and wife, of course, it is also a picture of the communion between Christ and his bride, the church. Herod and Herodias had not only sinned against marriage, but they had sinned against the very image that God would have us understand about his relationship with us. They were in danger of going to hell, where their souls would be lost forever. But Herodias was enraged and vengeful at having been called out on their sinful and sordid behavior. She responded to John's faithful and scriptural ministry by first using her very own daughter as a sexual tease to Herod and his dinner guests. She then took advantage of his drunken and prideful oath to get John's head put onto a platter and displaying it as a party decoration. God still sends spiritual spotters to watch over his people. After Jesus rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, he established the pastoral office. The pastor is the spiritual spotter that remains with us to this day. Being one of God's spotters can often be very fulfilling, but can also be very uncomfortable and frustrating sometimes. People don't always comprehend, much less appreciate the service and the gift that God provides to them through His spiritual spotters. Oh, they'll listen to their doctors about 
weak and mortal bodies that'll one day turn to dust. They'll listen to their mechanics about addressing problems with cars that will one day turn to rust or be smashed into little cubes and melted into something else. They'll listen to their brokers and their bankers about handling their fleeting worldly fortunes. Yet they will refuse to listen. Sometimes they will even refuse to physically hear what God would have proclaimed to them through the means that he has established to grant and sustain their faith for the protection of their eternal souls. After all, everyone can read medical textbooks and auto repair manuals and the Wall Street Journal and the Bible. Though in physical terms, the advancements in knowledge and technology have made modern life far more comfortable than the biblical prophets and apostles ever could have imagined. In its own ways, being a pastor is sometimes just as difficult. Down through the centuries, many thousands of pastors have lost their lives because they faithfully proclaimed repentance and forgiveness to those who would not listen. In some parts of the world yet today, it can still be very dangerous to be a spiritual spotter, as was John the Baptist in his day. Fortunately, our country has laws against killing and hurting other people, including pastors. And while violence against them is occasionally reported, it isn't commonplace. People in our nation, however, have other ways of persecuting pastors. Sometimes this is more apt to happen inside the church than outside. Many families have roast pastor for Sunday lunch or dinner, pointing out his many flaws and failings and limitations after the man has only attempted to do what God has called him to do. God certainly does not talk to pastors in the same way that he spoke to his apostles and prophets of old. That is because the Holy Spirit inspired those prophets and apostles to write down the guidelines for his spiritual spotters in the Bible so that all pastors and all who hear those pastors could share God's message. Pastors are to do their spotting according to these biblical guidelines. Jesus had a vision, a clear and distinct method even, for those he would have proclaim his word. They were to warn people of spiritual danger and then tell them about the only place of spiritual safety. Jesus said that, Repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. In order to proclaim and to encourage repentance, though, a pastor must first tell people about God's law and then tell them how they break it daily. A pastor must tell people that they, just like their pastor, sin frequently and that the penalty for being sinful and for being unrepentant is eternal, eternity in hell. Pastors do this in love because they want people to be aware of the spiritual dangers and then to let the gospel move them to a place of spiritual safety. After people become aware of the spiritual danger, the pastor then has the wonderful opportunity to proclaim God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. There is indeed a place that is safe from spiritual danger. That place is under the cross of Christ. In today's gospel lesson, we hear the account of the death of John the Baptist. Although he was a great prophet, the greatest according to Jesus himself, John was still a sinner. His death saved no one, but his death did give witness to another. His message in life and his witness in death pointed to the greater one who was to follow him, Christ Jesus.
The spiritual spotting that a pastor does isn't just limited to dire warnings of sin and its consequences for you, though. After John the Baptist died, other rulers conspired to commit another crime of violence. This time against Jesus, the one for whom John had come to prepare the way. They tortured him. They nailed him to a cross. But his crucifixion and death did something that John's death could never do. Jesus had lived a perfect life. He had not committed one single sin. His death was totally and completely undeserved. Yet Jesus died, not only bearing the sin of the whole world, but actually becoming that sin for us. His death is the redemption for all people. His death takes away the sins of the whole world, as John had forespoken. Those who place their faith in Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins are safe from the eternal damnation that our sins so fully deserve. You are free of that curse. You are free of that fear. Even here, though, the pastor's spotting work does not end with that wonderful news that Jesus has died for your sins and that on account of his suffering and death, they are forgiven and its eternal consequences wiped out by God. The pastor also has the wonderful opportunity to proclaim the joyous news of the resurrection, the news that although Jesus did die for our sins, he did not stay dead. Jesus is fully God, and death could never hold him. He rose from the dead. He reigns and he lives forevermore. Christ's resurrection opens up the door to eternal life in heaven for all those who believe in him. What a tremendous joy it is for pastors to be able to proclaim the victory of Christ and that through it, the forgiveness of sin, eternal life, and salvation are ours. Spiritual spotters have lives that are full of great contrasts. They want people to live in that safe place under the cross of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, many people stubbornly refuse to listen to the warnings and they remain in their trespasses and sins. They reject the workings of the Holy Spirit in the word of law and gospel. This can cause many a pastor to get angry or frustrated or even to moisten his pillow with tears at the end of the day. In other cases, though, the Holy Spirit works faith in people, turning them in repentance. He and not the pastor puts them in that place of safety where that comes with faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. It is then that the pastor rejoices with all of the hosts of heaven over that sinner who has received salvation. The spiritual equivalent of those heavy eye beams are falling all over the place, all around you. The world is full of sin. When one of God's spotters, like Amos or John the Baptist, gives you a warning against your sin and those by which you might be tempted, he is only doing what God has called him to do. He is warning of the danger of sin to your soul and to your eternal well-being. He is proclaiming safety in Christ alone, in Jesus who died on the cross for you and rose again from the dead. The warning of a spotter is an act of love, not an act of judgment. Along with the Savior who sent him, he only wants you to abide forever in the safety of Jesus Christ. In his holy name, amen.